Verbally Effective with Ina Esco is an interview-style podcast that intersects art, culture, politics, and entertainment with a Memphis focus. With producer Sanaa Marie. Each week, I'm joined by a featured guest with roots in Memphis. Verbally Effective delves into each guest's personal journey to uncover the incredible stories fueling their purpose the highs and lows of their pursuits, and how through their passion, they are moving the culture forward. Be sure to follow Verbally Effective and Ina Esco on Instagram. Also, download the Verbally Effective podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Don't forget to check out the website and submit to be a guest at verballyeffective.com. It's Al Pickett, the founder of The Black Print, where I help people win in a brave new world uh, through the financial markets, teaching them how to profit consistently uh, through all the financial markets. And I'm here with Verbally Effective and Ina Esco. What's up? This is your favorite side nigga and your favorite stand-up comedian. This is Basil, and I'm here with the lovely, beautiful Ina Esco at the Verbally Effective Podcast. When it comes to fueling the black community with positive reflections of themselves and serving up no fluff, profitable launch strategies for product-based entrepreneurs, few can deliver proven frameworks drenched in purpose, faith, and marketing know-how quite like Felicia Jarrell. As an entrepreneur, speaker, and six-figure luxury business coach, Felicia is known for providing aspiring e-commerce startups and veteran entrepreneurs with the insight they need to curate profitable product launches, build loyal communities, and plan for the luxe life of their dreams. Felicia's affinity for uplifting her community is undeniable. Within the first year of launching Goldmine & Co. at the age of 27, she generated over $100,000 in revenue, and she has doubled her income every year since. Her achievements show other black women that they can also turn their vision boards into real life success. And she's just getting started. Felicia recently launched her signature Felicia Jarrell brand, pulling in five figures in revenue the day it launched. She has also built a community of more than 4,600 raving fans, secured a partnership to showcase her products on the shelves of Michael's stores, and she's done it all organically. Verbally Effective, your double E, Ina Esco here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Verbally Effective podcast. And I just want to thank all of you for supporting the Ivy Multimedia merch line. Yes, you know, the weather is warming up a bit. However, we still have your stock on Verbally Effective, A Difficult Beauty, and all of those uh, purpose and verbally effective definition hoodies, tees. And of course, the Henry Mass as well. So make sure you check it out. Follow me on social media at Ina Esco. That's E N A E S C O. And today I have a young lady with me kicking off this March, this month of March. I love March. Um, I believe March is, isn't March Women's Month as well? I believe. Yes, it's all about the women this month. And I have with me today entrepreneur, speaker, six-figure luxury business coach, Felicia Jarrell. How are you, lady? 
I'm fine. How are you? I am good. Thank you so much for joining me today. How's everything going? How's your Thursday morning going so far? It's going really great. It's even better now that I'm on this podcast today. So I'm excited. Hey. To <laughs> yes. Well, thank you for joining me. We're going to kick it off as we always do. Where are you originally from, Felicia? So originally I was born in Florida, but I was raised in Memphis. I've been in Memphis since I was two years old. So okay. You know, they say you from Memphis. <laughs> right. I'm from Memphis. I just was born there. <laughs> okay. And what part of Florida were you born in? Uh, Jacksonville, Duval County. Wow. I bet. Do you remember anything about Jacksonville, Duval County? No. <laughs> <Not at all. laughs> okay. So what brought you and your family to Memphis at the age of two? My dad retired from the military. He's 20 years Navy. And so my parents were actually in Spain um, before moving to Florida. I was conceived in Spain. They went to Florida because my parents didn't want me to have dual citizenship and deal with all that paperwork. Um, so I was born in Florida. And less than two years later, my dad decided to retire. They wanted to be around family. My mom is from Memphis. Okay. Um, entire family on my mom's side is from Memphis. And so we moved here. And I've been here wow. ever since. Gotcha. So tell me about your family unit. Um, you know, do you have siblings? Are you an only child? So I'm both. Okay. <laughs> I got I um, do have two older brothers from my dad's first marriage. We are okay. 12, 15 years apart. So we weren't raised together. Mm. Um, with my mom and dad, they've been married 40 years now, almost 40 years. So I was raised as an only child. Gotcha. Wow. You were spoiled rotten. Yes. Absolutely. Ah, she admitted it. She said, yes, I know I was. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So what part of Memphis did you grow up in? Um, actually Raleigh and South Memphis. So my parents' house was in Raleigh when I uh, off St. Elmo on Kerwin Drive. And my grandmother's house was on Lucy Street in South Memphis. Okay, I know where that is. So I spent a lot of time in South Memphis because obviously that was my grandma. That's my mama always dropped me off. It's so um you could say I'm more from South Memphis honestly than Raleigh because I spent so much time with my grandma and my family on that side of town. Gotcha. And what was Felicia into at a very young age? What what, what did you like to do? I was a free spirit. So um, I was m always into creative stuff, mainly dance though. Dance was my thing. I danced, I danced more than I walked when I was a kid. Um, and then from there it went into like DIY crafts and arts and, you know, all of the fun things, scrapbooking, et cetera. But the bulk of my childhood was consisted of dancing. Wow. What kind of dance did you do? Mainly hip hop. Um, but you could find me at school. I didn't even know how to walk to the class. I just booked on the way there. Oh, so you know how to juke too? Yes. We'll have to oil some of our joints before I go and do that. <laughs> but I bet I bet you still got it though. I bet you still got it. Yes, that was my thing. What school did you attend? What high school did you attend? High school I graduated from Bolton. 
Bolton. Wow, Bolton. Okay, so uh, were you on a dance team at Bolton or what? what well, I did cheerleading for a little while at Bolton, but I actually uh, danced under my mentor, Robin Sanders. Mm-hmm. Um, so I grew up at Breath of Life Christian Center in Raleigh. And so from the time I was, then. like eight nine something like that up until an adult up until 18 I danced under Robin wow okay so you were serious about that dancing Felicia I was very serious I thought I was gonna be a background dancer and then I fell in love and so you know wow so tell me about (laughs) what happened once you graduated from Bolton um once I graduated from Bolton I started going to University of Memphis um I knew I wasn't supposed to be in college but you know, you go because people tell you you going to school. So I started at University of Memphis. Um, by the time I was 20, when I turned 20, me and my husband got married and I had my son at 23. By the time I was 22, 23, I was done with going to school. So I'm a college dropout. I did not finish. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just kind of bounced around. I worked at Oh, everywhere. Men's Warehouse. I worked at Level 2. Level 2? Yes, I worked at Level 2. Who <laughs> at Level 2? I was a waitress on the weekends. Yep, so I worked at Level 2. Um, where else did I work? I worked at American Car Center. I worked at Iberia Bank. I just, I was a worker. So that's pretty much what I did until I figured out how to do this. Okay, so let's talk about that uh, because you are, like I said, an entrepreneur, a six-figure luxury business coach. Like, how did you figure out that's what you wanted to do, Felicia? So I don't know if I necessarily figured it out. I think God just kind of guided me there. Like, it was always in his plan for me. And he just strategically put the right people in my path to get me to that. So probably a year before I actually opened the company, me and my cousin, my cousin Courtney, who helped raise me, we had decided to open up this shop because we were very heavy in the community of what I sell in the stationary world. And we figured our niche would be that we were cousins, you know, and there weren't many family members doing what we did as far as stickers and stationery and all of that. Um, so we had the name Goldmine and Coco. Her name is Courtney, so that's where Coco comes from. Goldmine, I've been Goldmine since MySpace. I've just always considered myself a treasure. So you hunt for gold when you come this way. So I just call myself Goldmine. It went from Goldmine to Mrs. Goldmine, all of that, to then Goldmine and Coco. Then I found out I was pregnant with my daughter, and she works for the state of Tennessee's um, in the government sector. So she was climbing the ladder there. So we pretty much let the idea die. We never actually took it off the ground. So a year later, when I gave birth to my daughter, I was working at the bank. I didn't want to go back to the bank, but I also didn't know what I was going to do to keep bringing in the money that I was making at the bank. And I had a girlfriend suggest that I just do what I love. And I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) I didn't even know. I was doing it so much that it was just life at that point for me. I didn't actually realize it was like a hobby. It was something that I loved doing. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you play with stickers all day long. Like you're in your planner. Every time we talk, this is what you're doing. You have a, I had a tote bag 
back then with a planner and stickers and supplies that I carried everywhere I went. So you would find me in a corner just in my own little world doing my thing. And so when she suggested it, it, I remembered that we had the name. And so I went to my cousin and I was like, hey, I think it's time for me to pursue this. Are you on board? Like, is it okay if I pursue it on my own? You know, because she was still focused on what she was doing. And she was like, of course, you know, do what you got to do, whatever you need me to do to help you, I'll help you. She actually bought me my first printer um, to do it. So I was like, all right, bet. I already had a little machine that could cut the stickers. So I bought a pack of paper off Amazon and my friend that suggested it to me, she kind of guided me through like getting my shop set up on Etsy because she was selling t-shirts and things like that. So she knew enough to get me started. And so she guided me and a week later, that company was open. Wow. Amazing. So that's how it all started. Yes. Wow. Now you said, you know, you found a particular niche business. Like what does that industry look like? Like, um, have you cornered the market in this industry, (laughs) Felicia? I would like to say that I have. I would like to say that out of what other people would consider my competition, I have definitely rose to the occasion and made sure that my company stands out amongst the crowd. Mm-hmm. So we are all about disruptive marketing. We're all about just breaking the mold, right? Like let's do something different. Let's let's revive what stationary is. Because stationary had got kind of boring. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you went in the store and you saw the same thing, a notepad, a pen, whatever. Um <laughs> So it was like, what can you do to make it fun and functional to where people are like, I know I need this in my life, but it doesn't really bring me joy. So how do we add joy to that? Right. So I was able to do that. Wow. You're bringing joy to these folks out here, Felicia. Wow. So next question is, you know, you talk about giving yourself permission to pursue your dreams. Tell me about that process what is that process like giving yourself permission because a lot of us you know we stay in these comfort zones um you know we don't think outside of the box tell me about that breakthrough process well it pretty much goes back to my childhood my mom always allowed me to be a free spirit So a lot of times children, you know, we're born into this world who we are, right? Personality, everything. But because it doesn't fit the mold of the people around us, people kind of kill it off without even realizing that they're dampening who we are. Mm -hmm. My mom was like, let that girl fly. You know, so by the time I became an adult, I understood respecting what my parents wanted me to do. But I also knew that I was okay to do whatever it was that I needed to do. And I would still have my parents. I would still have who was supposed to be in my life. So it started as a child. Now, as an adult, there were different things that people said to me as an adult, as we all go through that, you know, people pass their judgment on us and we take that to heart. And then that's when we really start to cave, right? We stop being fearless like we once were. And I just refused to let that be my story. Like I knew that I've always, I've always been a hustler. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's just because I'm from Memphis, and that's hey. we're we gonna hustle by any means necessary. And I tell people that all the time. Memphis is just a different type of grind. It it's is. just what it is. And so I've always been a hustler, and I knew, like I said, I've called myself a gold mine since I can remember. Whatever I touch, I'm gonna make it turn to gold because I'm willing to put in the work. Mm-hmm. So really, the only thing between me and what I desired was me. You know. So I got my husband on board. I talked to him about it. And I was like, this is what I see. This is what I can make happen. All I need you to do is be my yes man. Okay. I don't need you to talk down about it, say nothing about it. I just need you to, even if you don't understand it, just support it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I got you. Mm-hmm. You know, so for the first year of my company, girl, I spent all my husband's checks. Mm-hmm. Like every time money came in, the bills paid and I spent the rest on the business because I had a vision. Mm-hmm. And I understood one, being obedient to God, right? So you can be afraid, but you also need to be obedient because when you choose to be disobedient, all he does is takes that same vision and passes it on to the next person that's willing to do it. Like, don't think that the blessing that you've been given, you're the only one that can receive that blessing, Mm -hmm. right? It's who acts on the blessing that receives the return. And so when it came to just removing fear, I love to tell my customers and anybody, learn how to walk with it. Learn how to take a walk during the day and talk to yourself about the fear that you're dealing with and literally ask yourself the opposite of what you're dealing with, right? Mm. So if you're mm-hmm. like, man, I'm scared to do that, but what if I do it? Right. What right. is the outcome? What does it look like three years from now? If I just go ahead and just wing it, mm-hmm. don't do it perfectly. Don't worry about that. Understand that you can perfect as you go because nobody ever knows anything from Jump Street. Mm -hmm. Like that's insane to think I'm just supposed to know everything as soon as I start. That's crazy. You're not going to know what the best paper quality is. You're not going to know, you know, what the best computer is or whatever the best graphic program is. Start with where you are. Start with what you do know. Mm -hmm. And you'll notice that like, the universe is people say, I say God, but the universe is people say, will literally bring the people with the resources that you need to you mm-hmm. that will educate you. And I love what I love about my experience is because people see my hustle and my grind, 90% of the information I get is for free. Gotcha. I rarely ever have to pay because people pour into people that do the work. Mm-hmm. It's people that don't do the work. Where it's like, so my fee is five thousand. Okay. <laughs> feet out, right? Wow, wow. You know what? I find that talking with like former guests that are entrepreneurs, it, it, it's always you stopping you, right? It's like we are the only people we are gonna stop ourselves from getting things done. Not nobody else. No, make no excuses. It, it, it's us stopping us from doing what we want to do and what we need to do. And I find that often on these interviews that um, it's sometimes a pivotal moment in someone's life where they have that breakthrough or they just go ahead and say, F it, I'm going to start. Like, let's just see what happens 
when they finally find their breakthrough. I find that so interesting with some of my guests. Now, you are a six-figure luxury business coach. Six figures is a lot of money, Felicia. Tell me about this entire luxury business coach. And what's the difference between a regular business coach and a luxury? <laughs> if money is six figures. That's the difference. Yeah, the money does have something to do with it. Um, but I'm charging for value. Mm -hmm. I'm charging for value over time, right? So for me, what people come and learn from me, they are going to take with them throughout the rest of their entrepreneurial career, mm -hmm. right? So if I teach you how to fish, if I teach you how to make money one day, you always gonna know how to make money. Mm -hmm. And I should be compensated for such because prior to that, you didn't know how. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where my focus is, is that I teach people that wanna sell products how to actually make money with the products they sell. A lot of times in products, you get so focused on the revenue, right? Like my company made 1.2 million last year, something like that. Wow. But for me, did, do I got it in the bank? Like, <laughs> I focus on what's in the bank when it's all said and done. What profit did I make? And if you find yourself saying, I made $1 million last year and you can't say I made XYZ in profit, Mm -hmm. that's a problem and so we get so stuck on looking at everybody around us and what people in our field are charging not understanding their back end not understanding how many people they do or don't have on staff not understanding the type of materials that they're using so on and so forth not understanding how you split your profit margin right so if it's you a middleman and your manufacturer well that's a three-way split yeah your price has got to be higher Versus when it's just somebody in their home with a pressing machine, right? right. That, that separates the two. Um, so for me, it's helping people get out of that mindset that if I raise my price, people won't pay. Mm -hmm. When really you're just setting yourself apart so that you can attract the people that want to spend for what you have to offer. Right. Gotcha. That's it. Wow. Do you find that that is your biggest challenge with being a luxury business coach, getting your clients to set that price and be confident about it? No, no. I think people struggle more with worthiness with their own internal. Am I worth that? Okay. Is what I'm offering worth that, you mm -hmm. know? And I, my rebuttal to that is if you don't feel what you're offering is worth that, you shouldn't be offering it at all. Mm. Wow. You need to go back to the drawing board and rethink what you're selling to the world. You know, so I deal more with just the worthiness. Once we get over that, it's smooth selling. It's easy breezy. But it's getting people to recognize you are about you, the person. You are valuable. Your time is valuable. Your knowledge base is valuable. Your education is about everything that has gotten you up to here, every experience that has gotten you to this point is valuable. It is worth you asking for what you're worth. Cause nobody could ever actually pay you what they really should, you know? Mm. But, you know, you notice that when your price inc increases, the type of person that you're dealing with increases also, mm. right? So the type of caliber of person, their value system, what they're expecting, what they're looking for, you know, I, I just, I hate to say it like that, but when you charge in low prices, 
that's when you get them headaches. Mm. You know, that's when you be like, God, no. <laughs> like, okay. why? Oh, I got to go through all of this to teach you this one simple thing. You know, you get somebody that's like, oh, it's only 5,000. Mm-hmm. They ready to do the work. They ready to get from point A to Z. Wow. What does your like average client look like for, for you being a luxury business coach? What does your clientele look like across the board? So I have actually only been taking private clients. I'm supposed to launch a program that I have yet to launch for my own reasons of fear and my own like, ooh, I'm a, am I going to really teach this many people what I know? And, you know, within the time frame that I want to teach it to them. But my private clients, you know, I've helped family. I've helped friends. I've helped, I've even talked to like Chef Tam, you know, like I've just been helping. If they reach out to me, it's like, come on, let's talk. And I'm a numbers person. So for me, I'm just going to break down the numbers for you. I'm going to make it make sense through money. Like, okay, what are you charging now? What do you want to charge? What can you offer to differentiate? And we're going to get on my dry race and we're just going to break it down and we're going to make it make sense. And then I'm going to give you the strategy to implement it as you go to get to that target goal. I've seen, you know, one of my clients literally go from $1,200 a month to making 20000 within five months. Like wow. it was insane. That's was a substantial increase. Just listening to me. Just, and, you know, she say it all the time. Like, I'm just doing what you said. I'm just doing what you taught me. And those are the type of people that I'm looking for. Just do what I'm teaching you. Because I'm my own case study. I'm not teaching you anything Felicia has not done to get to where Felicia is. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, you recently won the New Voices Excel- Accelerator Pitch Competition with an award of $20,000. What led you to apply for this competition and have you ever pitched before okay so i'm gonna reverse that i've never pitched okay <laughs> I've never, ever this is pitched. your first time pitching my first pitch. everything that i built up until this point was off of me and my husband like i've never pitched. Wow. um but i had received an invitation in my email from a retail company and they were inviting me to be a part of their, uh, this, it's a few days that they were doing for like, uh, I can't say too much just yet, mm-hmm. but it was a few, few things that they were doing, um, during black history month for black owned businesses. And so with that, they also attached the opportunity to pitch for a hundred thousand. So the, the title of the pitch was pitch for a hundred thousand. And I was like, oh, I can do a lot <laughs> with 100,000. Um, and so I had the application and would not fill it out. Wouldn't turn it in. It, I didn't turn the application in until the day before it was due. Mm-mm. I was sitting in my office panicking. My dad was sitting in this chair and I was telling my dad, like, dad, I just don't know. Like these questions, I said, I'm sure I know the answers, but I just feel like if they're not perfect, if they're not right, I just, and my staff, my assistant, my ops manager, my social media, they stayed up here with me while we filled out that application. And so within a week, it came back and said, we want you to be a part of the pitch. And I thought, wow, like, (laughs) I'm so afraid to just 
be me just just do what i always do which is crazy i can do i can be me in certain spaces and then in other spaces i feel slightly intimidated i'm like nah let me just chill mm -hmm. and so i was just blown away by me just showing up anyway and doing it and so i knew that i was a part of the pitch i found out the day before i was the last person to go and i was like well that's intimidating <laughs> <laughs> okay now i'm the last person to go and my dad was like it's okay they're saving the best for last you do exactly. what you do best you know i said okay so what i did was i invited my customers i sent them a text and i said hey i'm a part of this competition i would love for y'all to show up and just be there for support uh you know my parents tuned in my husband tuned in like everybody that was important to me tuned in and the chat you didn't even know them other companies existed through the chat because <laughs> my customers just kind of blew it up and it felt so good because i knew that there were people in the room that were rooting for me and it allowed me to show up fully you know as who i who i was and so i just answered the question i just did what i do best and so they said you know they said i was the winner wow so what's next or can you discuss it I can give a general. <laughs> so what's next is that we do plan to branch off into the hotel and retail space. Uh, my company already launched in Michael's stores this past summer through a partnership with Paper House Collections. And so we may have something else coming up with that uh, this summer again. So we're already in specialty Michael stores, but my ultimate goal is to be the first black owned stationary company on retail shelves. Wow. So, so there's no black owned stationary company right now on retail shelves. There's plenty on online. Okay. There's none on retail shelves. Not it's going to be you. That's the goal. That is the goal is that we break that door. We bust that door down, you know, and we show people that, hey, we like luxury stationery too mm -hmm. you know we want to be represented too and so that's just my ultimate focus right now and it seems like it's all falling falling into place that's amazing congratulations felicia it looks like everything just lining up for that ultimate goal right yes wow now um tell me about the felicia gerald luxury home and self-care brand <laughs> So Felicia Jarrell launched last year and the intention was to create a self-care luxury line for black women. And so, you know, products that were full of moisturizing ingredients, uh, we launched a shower oil, a hand body lotion, candle, um, incense, and what else did I launch? One more product that I launched, bath soap. Okay. Um, and so I launched all five of those just to kind of test the market and see um, what was needed and what my customers responded to best. And so we now know the direction that we want to go in with that. I haven't pushed it as much as I typically would because Goldmine and Cocoa has just been skyrocketing. Um, and so with that, my next focus is actually turning Felicia Jarrell brand into a subscription box. 
self-care curated box for black women. So basically doing my best to choose black owned companies um, to include in the box for black women. Wow. And you know what? That subscription model is very effective. <laughs> you already know, right? Yes, I have two subscription boxes already through Gold Mine and Coco. Uh, it's effective. I love it. Yes. I yes. love subscription. Wow. That's amazing, Felicia, to just know that you are a Black woman entering into, you know, well, you're already in this field, but if you get on that retail shelf, I mean, that's going to be explosive. I know you're excited. Yes, I'm very excited. I'm worn out because it's work involved, but I'm definitely excited, especially to not even hit the, we don't hit the four-year mark until May. So to still be a very young company with so many great opportunities. Yes. Wow. Amazing. Now, I know you have a podcast, Frame to Flourish. What's going on? Tell me about this podcast. And when can we hear that next episode, honey? I started that podcast with the intention to just share my story, share knowledge, information, wisdom, for people to always be able to go back and reference when needed it, when they needed it. At first, it was called Treasure Gems Mm -hmm. with Felicia Durrell, but um, I just got in my spirit that I needed to focus more on business. Okay. People, you know, my customers know me for Go Miner and Coco, but when people know me, they know me for business. I like to talk about that's what I do. It doesn't matter what kind of business, I just like business. Um, so this year, I'm becoming more intentional with it. It's kind of been on pause while I create outlines of what exactly I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. But once I relaunch it, we're going to focus on how to build profitable businesses. Okay. Okay. So you say you're going to relaunch? Um, when Hopefully is that- by summer. That's my goal. I got a couple of things that I'm working on right now uh, with the retail and all of that. So it should be finished by summer. And then I can focus back on the podcast. Gotcha. Now, Felicia, you are a very busy woman. I can already tell you dibbling and dabbling in a lot of things. So, you know, what does Felicia like to do to recharge and, you know, just get your mental together? How are you managing all of that, lady? Well, first, I have a therapist. So that helps. I talk to her weekly. and We talk about what's going on in my head and just sorting it out and making it make sense. But I also just like being with my husband and my kids. Um, that's important. My husband now works for Gold Mine and Coco as he builds his own company as well. So us being together really helps. And then, you know, my kids, they're three and seven. So they're full of life. They keep yes, me they and moving around. And my parents, you know, they live down the street from me. I'm, I'm still... I call myself my parents' baby. Like, I'm not a mama's baby. I'm not a daddy's baby. I'm just their baby. And I'm always with them. So um, that, and then my girlfriends, like, I have some solid friendships now. 20s were a little sketchy. Mm -hmm. 30, I got some really solid friends that they understand that I can't readily jump in my car and go, you know, wherever they are. And so what I love about them is in this season, they come to me, you know, we have set times to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. So we pick up the phone and make sure we talk. They come to me. Um, I travel out of town for work. 
sometimes and you know my best friend will go with me mm-hmm. so we have time to bond there when she's you know out of town with me and my assistant and we're actually planning me a party right now they want to okay. celebrate um all of the things because i'm not a big celebrator i kind of move on to the next mm-hmm. and so they want to stop and celebrate so we're planning me a skate party oh. um April. Yeah, I just wanted to I wanted to just have fun. Like you gonna do me, your dance moves. Yeah, um, you took on some yo Gotti and money bag yo and I'm yeah. hyped. <laughs> wow. That's so, gonna be fun. Yeah, so we're doing that and potentially planning a girls trip to LA if LA is open. Right. Speaking of if LA is open, you know, I, I, I hear you, you you gonna hang out with your friends, they planning a party. And with the impact of COVID, how has that affected your life? It hasn't. It hasn't. You're the first person to say it hasn't. You know, I will say for me, and I'm probably on the opposite end of the the spectrum, Mm -hmm. COVID was great. COVID was great for my business, for my family. I mean, my business grew four times. Wow. While COVID has been going on, my husband was home more, you know, because he was working for a different company before coming. He just came here this past month. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he was home more. My kids were home. I got to see my kids. Mm -hmm. I'm usually always working. Um, So it didn't really, it didn't really do much to me. I didn't start traveling until August. And I mainly just travel to Dallas because that's where I go do my photo shoots, video shoots, et cetera. Um, but I didn't start traveling again until August. I traveled with August, October, November. Mm-hmm. I sat down in December. January, my husband took me to Costa Rica for my birthday. You know, so nothing. <laughs> nothing. COVID, was good. COVID was good to you. Yeah. 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 I don't have many. I I did get COVID. I did you get did. it uh, week of Thanksgiving. I did, but I didn't have. The only thing that I really dealt with was I lost my sense of taste, mm-hmm. and um, so I tested positive and had to quarantine for two weeks. But I didn't have severe effects. Didn't have to go to the hospital. I just stayed in my room, and my kids went to my parents' house. Um, but yeah, wow. It, it was good to me. <laughs> so, so since you've already had COVID, I mean, the option for the vaccine, you're not thinking about it like, I'm good. Um, I'm thinking about it because I've heard different different people say like, there's some people that say once you get it, you can't get it again. I think that's a lie. They don't. Um, but I do, right. I do agree with once you get it, the antibodies are in your system for, you know, up to 90 days, three months. I do think that part is true. Um, and do I want to get it this first round? No, I kind of want to treat it like an iPhone. I'm going to wait on the update. Right, right. And how long is that going to be? Cause... It'll probably be summer. I would think it would be summer. You know, it takes them about a quarter to evaluate and run all of their numbers and see the good, the bad, the ugly, and then revise it. So I figured by end of summer. They I'm should like have you. I'm, I'm going to need to give it some more time. Like... Yeah, my dad got it. You know, he he went and got it. He's older, so mm-hmm. he got the first shot. He was fine. The second shot, he experienced all the symptoms in like one day. 
Like he just experienced the headache, the fatigue, you know, the loss of taste, every symptom. And then by that evening, he was fine. Mm. So, you know, but every, you know, they say the second one is the strongest dose. So people are just having different uh, effects to it. My mama is like, uh, no. (laughs) He nor my mom have ever had a flu shot. So. Right. There are a lot of people like that. They, mm -mm. mm-mm. I'm I'm a wait. I'm gonna sit this one out until further notice. So I err on the side of my mom, like eh, let's just wait until late summer. Gotcha. Wow. Interesting. Well, Felicia, I have truly enjoyed you today on the Verbally Effective Podcast. We've learned so much about your journey. And I think, you know, you represent these Black women entrepreneurs well. And you have so much more to accomplish. I want to see your brand in these retail stores. And I can already see it right now. So I already know that's probably next month, right? (laughs) That's next month. I'm going to give it next month. Or maybe before then, right? You know what? If you speak it into existence, I receive it. (laughs) I I am. I want you to let everybody know how they can get in touch with you, lady. Okay, so you can follow me. I always say follow me first on Instagram. You can follow my company at Goldmine and Coco, G-O-L-D-M-I-N-E-A-N-D-C-O-C-O. And you can follow me as well if you want to know more about the business program, the coaching once I launch that publicly. You can follow me at Felicia Jarrell underscore. So F-E-L-I-C-I-A-J-A-R-R-E-L-L underscore. Um, you can check out my websites, FeliciaJarrell.com, GoldMineAndCoco.com. You can email me, um, well, email my company. <laughs> you know, if anybody wants to take the discussion further, um, I'm here. I'm in the city, you know. Gotcha. What I do. Thank you. Thank you so much. You are an inspiration, Felicia, and I wish you nothing but the best. I'm going to be keeping up with you, honey. Um, and, um, I just wish you nothing but success. I already see that you're on a fast track. So keep up that hard work and dedication and everything that you want is coming your way, Felicia. Thank you so much, lady. Thank you. You have a great day. You too. Thank you.